Welcome to the Pastor's Cut. My name is Rafe Chenery. I'm one of the pastors here at Park Community Church down in the South Loop location. Throughout the season, we wanted to create something that was consistent. That would help to add just a little bit of rhythm back into our lives. And we hope that this will provide a sense of regularity. So to do that, we've altered the use of this podcast. Instead, we're going to be posting short devotionals every day. We hope that not only will you enjoy listening to these, but we really hope that you'll learn a lot about God's Word. Now, what I'm going to be doing today is getting us into Psalm 46 and giving us a bit of a devotional from Psalm 46. Uh, but first, I want to give us just a bit of, uh, a bit of uh, theological thinking around the Psalms and why this is so important for us. And to do that, I want to quote two different wonderful books written about the Psalms. Uh, one is a book called Handbook on the Wisdom Books and Psalms by Daniel Estes. And he writes this when talking about the Psalms. He says, The book of Psalms was the hymnal of ancient Israel. This compilation of 150 songs reveals how the people of Israel turned to Yahweh in the full range of their life experiences. From tearful laments to jubilant shouts of praise, the Psalms reflect the emotions of Old Testament believers as they approached Yahweh. For the people of God of every age, the Psalms serve as prompts and as patterns in drawing near to Him. The point that Daniel's making in this book is that the Psalms were part of the regular rhythm of worship for the people of God in the Old Testament. And there's nothing that we're going to experience in this life that we cannot find a point of relation to within the Psalms. And so whatever experience we're going through, whatever emotion we're going through, in any different season of life, when we open the Psalms, we can relate to the people of God and worshiping God through them. Another quote that I have here for us is from another book. This book is called Psalms as Torah. Uh, Torah just means law, so it's Psalms as Law by an author named Gordon Wenham. And he writes this, Finally, I note that throughout the ages, the Psalms have been sung, and this too must have empowered their teaching, for what is sung grips the heart and the will, not just the mind. As Augustine once said, to sing once is to pray twice. Now, once again, the point that he's making here is that the Psalms are, it's more than just an exercise in reading or listening to words. The, The words that we read in the Psalms are meant to be internalized. In fact, originally they would have been sung. And what should happen as we read this is that the prayer or the the words of the psalm sink down into our own heart, and then we actually, they, it becomes kind of part of us and part of our own prayer life. So as you engage with these different psalms that we're going through on a day-to-day basis in this season, I pray that uh, the psalms might come alive for you. Now, I'm going to be in Psalm 46. This is a very powerful psalm. Uh, a bit of background on this psalm. Uh, Martin Luther, who many of you know, was uh, one of the great reformers. In fact, probably the man most responsible for kicking off the entire Reformation, uh, Martin Luther. And Martin Luther is very famously known, and we've talked about in our sermons at Park before, how Martin Luther loved the book of Romans and the book of Galatians, these New Testament books. But what's also known about Martin Luther is that he loved the Psalms. In fact, Psalm 46, the one we're going to look at right now, was his all-time favorite psalm. It was the number one on his list. He used to regularly turn to his buddy, Philip Melanchthon, who was his kind of partner in crime. And he used to turn to him and say, come, Philip, let us sing the 46th Psalm together, uh, because he felt it was so uplifting to his soul. As I go through the the words from this, and if you're reading in your own Bibles, um, you're going to notice some of these words are very 
reminiscent of a hymn which many of us sing in churches on Sunday. It's a hymn actually that Martin Luther wrote. Uh, the hymn is A Mighty Fortress Is Our God. That's my, my personal favorite hymn. I love when we sing that. And the idea and the uh, themes that come out in that hymn are taken right out of this psalm, Psalm 46. So let me read it to us, and then I'm going to dig into some of the ideas that, Mar- that uh, the psalm p- brings forth. Psalm 46, to the choir master, of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. Verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now let's go through some of the ideas that come forward in this. First of all, this is a very timely psalm. It begins this way. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Now the language there, God is our refuge. What's a refuge? Well, I think we have an idea of it, but I want to bring you back to what that would have been like in the days when this psalm was written by this psalmist. In those days, they didn't have many of the protections and the security of their homes was not quite like our homes are today. And so to have a refuge was to have a place where you could flee if an enemy came into the land that you lived in. The refuge was usually the castle walls or it was a section within the castle that was particularly sturdy. And so if an enemy army came into the land, everyone that was in the outskirts of the land that would have naturally been in a very dangerous situation would run as fast as they could. They'd pick up their family and they would run to the refuge. And it was strong. It was built with such strength that even if an enemy army tried to knock over the walls, the refuge would stand strong. Because of this opening verse, some commentators actually believe that this psalm was penned after a season of people having to run from enemy armies and hiding in refuges that had been built. And so literally the ideas are are right in their very context. God is our refuge. He is the place where we run when we feel that we are in danger. Whatever that danger is that we face, whether it's a physical enemy or a a virus like the one that we are facing and the fears that come along with that. He is our refuge. In our modern day, we can try to take refuge in a a thousand other places. We can run to everywhere but God. But the reality is that the only one, the only place that is a certain safety for the endurance of our souls is God himself. Any other refuge is just weak and will ultimately fall. It says that he is our refuge, but he is also a very present help in trouble. Throughout the Bible, we learn that when God's people were in trouble, when they needed help, when they needed reassurance, when they needed an intercessor, they ran to God and God interceded on their behalf. God is a help in times of trouble. 
When we learn and realize and know and believe that God is our help, we run to him. We, we bring him our concerns. We bring him the things that are on our heart. And we go to him as a first place to run to. He's not the last on a long list of places that we look for help. But he is the first place we look to when we're in trouble. What encouragement that is to us this morning. When we look and we wonder where do we turn for help. Where do we turn to find peace for our hearts? Where do we turn to ask for help for those that we love? Where do we turn to find a sense of belonging and identity and community? We've got to first run as a people of God to God. We go to Him. He is our refuge and He is our present help. I love the language that comes next. Therefore, we will not fear. You know, when you know that God is your refuge and your strength and you believe it, and when you're hiding in the walls of God, there is no reason to fear because those walls cannot be taken down. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar in foam, he's literally picturing an earthquake that's consuming the world. It's, an, it's, an, it's, a, it's a poetic imagery getting at the idea that everything you know about your world that you live in is being thrown off kilter. It's all in disarray. It's all being thrown around. Even in that moment, we as a people of God, we we hide in our refuge who is God. And in there, we find peace throughout the storm. Verses four to seven begin, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. And that is a reference, uh, that is a reference to Ezekiel 47. In, in Ezekiel 47, the prophet Ezekiel discusses this scene where uh, the temple is pictured in Jerusalem with fresh water flowing out of it. And as the water goes out to the people of God, as it flows through the land, literally springs are popping up and life is popping up wherever the waters go. Well, we know that Jesus is the living water. He is the water that ultimately is the fulfillment of that imagery from the prophet Ezekiel and of the imagery that this psalm is pointing towards. The psalm is saying that one day there will be a stream that comes forward from the city of God who, who will give food and health and, and life. And even though all the nations totter in their place, the God of Jacob will be with his people. And that is particularly what we find in Jesus Christ. He is the fulfillment. He is the living water that gives life. Now what I want to do is I want to jump down to the end of this real quickly because verse 10 is so powerful. After all this language of what happens in the world and the peace that comes from the people of God and the, and the, the fearlessness that they live with, he ends with this, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The people of God must pause for just a little bit in the midst of all the chaos of life right now. We've got to realize and be still. And in the midst of every other voice telling us what to do and what to think and, and how to feel and, and how to behave, we've got to be still. We've got to be quiet before the Lord of Lords. We've got to know that He is God. That the world is not out of control. Uh, there is a God who's fully in control this virus that is going around the world right now that is causing very real danger and havoc in the lives of many in our own city as well as around the globe. This will last not one millisecond less and not one millisecond more than what God declares it ought to last. In that we can rest. We can know that He is God and that through all of this, He will be exalted among the nations. He will be exalted over all the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob, 
is our fortress. Well, that's all I have for us in Psalm 46 today. There's tons more to learn from that psalm, so I encourage you to spend some time with it today. Thanks for listening. I hope you're doing well. We will be back tomorrow with another short devotional, so stay tuned.